Welcome to Our Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya! How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm not too bad, thank you. Cool, cool. The uh, weather has started to cool down. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> sounded so uninterested. Oh, Straight God. off with the weather talk. Hey, but like, it's not, you know, whenever the weather is vaguely noteworthy, I've got to mention it. You don't know how many followers we have just based on my weather analysis. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, you know, that, that's been fine. I haven't played that much Magic this week. Um, played F&M. Nice. Uh, Devoted Druid is a good card. Yeah, definitely. Seems, yeah. seems to be quite good at the moment. Yeah, it's a fairy time reveler is a good card. Yeah, you don't need to tell me that. Because <laughs> I was playing um, the Devoted Devastation deck that a lot of people have been playing. Yeah. Um, the, the, the version with Giver of Runes rather than the Khan package. Mm, nice. Um, and I don't own post-mortem lunges. Yeah. And just like couldn't find any at a reasonable price, so I just played three to fairy instead and went into the blue splash a bit more. Sweet. It was really powerful. It was really, really good. Um, Speaking of, of Teferi, did you see, um, just a, a side tangent right away, uh, did you see the uh, the playmat from the Mythic Championship? I did. I yeah. wish I owned that. It's really nice. It's a lovely like, stained glass Teferi time raveler. Um, I don't think there were like many more uh, than there were players in the event, so I think they're going to be quite pricey if anybody can actually find one on the, the secondary market. Yeah, I entered... Um... So Martin used this competition to get the signed one. Ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah, he'd got like everyone, everyone there to sign, uh, sign a copy, so, so like sign one of the playmats. Um, so I ended that competition. But yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be reasonable for me to own one of those anytime soon. Um, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much it, magic-wise. Honestly, I haven't played that much. Um, I haven't played arena in about two weeks uh, since the omniscience draft. Yeah, because that was you know the most fun, and now everything else is much less fun. <laughs> By comparison, uh, yeah, I haven't touched M20 yet. Um, I'm sure I'll, I'll do that in the, in the coming days. But yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. How's how's your week been? Yeah, it's been good. I've been playing quite a bit of, of, of arena, uh, just trying to get that rank up, grind grind my way to. I don't know. I'm, I'm never going to hit mythic. Like I I don't have time to hit mythic. So I don't know why I'm playing it to be honest. But you know, it's fun. Uh, I've been just really enjoying standard. Uh, Esper hero is what I'm playing still, and it, it's great. I do love it mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, I am, it's a sweet deck. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm down to like two copies of Hero in the main board now, and I think it might even be right just to play with like no Hero and just just play Planeswalkers. And I I don't know, it's it's cool, it's cool though. I, I'm a big fan of Esper. I think it's just it's just a reasonable payoff card when you're playing like Bellhaunt and Teferis and stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just like it's good to have something um, in the main deck. I guess like if you come against like mono white or like mono blue, uh, mono red. Mm-hmm. Just to have something which can like block and buy you a turn until you can sort of dig to your offs. I think maybe it's it's incorrect to cut the um, the heroes. Yeah, but you just want to play Esper Control. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just just clinging onto it, even though it's the, the inferior deck. So you're just playing the heroes and feeling kind of sad about it. Yeah, maybe my issue is that like I don't own Oath of Kaya's on uh, on Magic Arena, and I I don't have enough rare wild cards to multiply the copies I need. Whereas I do have heroes, so yeah, yeah you and everyone else in the world. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one has any rare wild cards. Yeah, I I've got four currently, but I'm, I'm waiting out um, just to see how how the the meta shifts up a bit because I I don't want to go like pump like rare wild cards into something that just like a isn't going to be playable or like b might rotate out. And yeah, I, just, that's I, fair. I, I I can't. Trade my twenty mythic wild cards for <laughs> for that rare is, cards. It's, just, it's it's the worst part about the game. 
Oh, yeah, that's that's something that like just needs to be addressed. Like there needs to be some kind of system. Like I'd honestly just trade one for one mythic wild cards for rare wild cards at this I'd, point. I'd trade like three for one mm-hmm. mythic to it's rare, just, like really mm-hmm. badly. You just get a surplus. Like the only mythic card I play in 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 standard is Nexus of Fate. Yeah, pretty much. So I just have like like thirteen or fourteen wild cards that I'm just never gonna redeem. I mean, it might, it might change with you know. The rotation of the format and everything like that, but currently though, I just have no use for Mythic Wild Cards. Yeah, we uh, we yeah, we didn't hit hit on the uh, the 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 battle pass, the mastery pass, whatever it's called. Last week, did we? <clears throat> we didn't. No. No. How do you feel about that? Kind of fine. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I think uh, so. There's a, a a video, I guess I guess video game journalist uh, or like popular YouTuber uh, Jim Sterling. Put up a mm-hmm. video on YouTube a couple of weeks ago um, about like monetization in in video games and microtransactions and sort of linking it directly to like loot boxes and and how you know loot boxes and skinner boxes and all that is is just gambling and like the you know the actual real world effects on people and mm-hmm. yeah I think it's a fantastic video anyone listening should go go check it out if you haven't seen it already uh, I think that pretty much that pretty much like covers my opinions on microtransactions like that in video games uh, I kind of think that they're just pretty much, I don't know, they're just kind of disgusting to be honest microtransactions in general I mean, yeah, microtransactions in, in, in general and even like mm-hmm. the whole kind of like, oh they're just for cosmetics thing and it's like this whole thing with the cat, like the cat specifically like I don't know it, I don't know if, if anger is too strong of a word, but I guess that's the one I'm going to use. Like angers me, like the fact that so you've got to grind, you got to grind all the way up to like level eighty if you want to get this 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 cat. Uh, to do that, you have to like I think it's like a thousand experience per per level. But then you yes. can only earn like a thousand experience per day or something. Like there's a cap on the experience as well. Like or if you go and spend twenty dollars, we'll give you this cat straight away. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money sh- to spend on like just, just something that like, I don't know, something that like on on nothing essentially. So I mean, you can't be angry. You can't anger can't be the reaction because it's still an adorable cat, right? Uh, I mean, you can't be angry at a cat. I'm not angry at the cat. I'm angry at the people that coded the cat <laughs> yeah, into the absolutely. game. <laughs> like, um, angry at I mean, Hasbro specifically. Yeah, I mean, maybe uh, in a in an episode sometime soon. Uh, we'll cover that whole like tree family tree spirit tree thing yeah. um, spoiler alert that's not what we're talking about this week um, <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole thing is just like because so, the, the current or like the, the previous system of just like you could uh, you got 15 packs a week 15 packs a week you got 3 packs a week based on up to 15 wins right yeah. that whole system was just kind of fine yeah but this whole and yeah, paying twenty dollars for just like random. I mean, this is coming from someone who definitely just bought some Selesnia sleeves on Arena for no reason whatsoever with like actual money. Um, but yeah, the, the whole thing's just it. It's just trying to make money, um, and I guess I can't fault a business for trying to make money. Yeah, I just, mean, sure, you can't fault a business for for trying to make money, but it's just the tactics they use are, are very predatory. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. No. But I mean. I, I understand it, and it's part of basically every game, right? Yeah, it's but just, that doesn't mean that's a, fine. Like, to, totally. Like, like, I say, go go and watch this this uh, this video that Jim Sterling did on the topic. Which, yeah, I, I don't think there's been a better, or probably will be a better sort of piece on piece of media on on the whole issue. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, 
just as a bit of a bit of a side while we were talking arena there. Yeah, but sure, sure. Other yeah, than arena, I've uh, I've I've had some some other fun playing Paper Magic this weekend. You play Paper Magic? I did. Yeah. Put pieces of cardboard on a table. I did. Pieces oh, of cardboard crap. in little bits of plastic, smushed them all around a, a bit of fabric on a on a wooden table. God, that sounds really sad when you put it like that. Yeah. Isn't it? That's, what we, that's, that's what I do on like a weekly basis. <laughs> so yeah, because it, it had been uh, approximately 10 days since the last pre-release, uh, we had a, a whole new pre-release. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's really like... Sorry, it, it wasn't, it was It was 13, it was 13 days since the last pre-release. Is that, is that 13 at time of recording? Well, no, 13 at, at the time of the, of the... The space in between the pre-releases was, was uh, 13 days. Oh, sure, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it was Core 2020 fair. pre-release, and I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun, because I played modern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say a lot of fun, it's not modern. Yeah. Uh, cool, so how did your go? Yeah, they, they were fine. So I, I did um, did two over the weekend. Uh, Wizards of the Coast finally did the thing that they they should have done like I don't know like a decade ago and just like allowed you to run pre-releases as as F and M's now. No, I loved staying up till four in the morning in a room full of sweaty nerds playing cards I didn't know. Said nobody. Oh, that was my favourite thing to do. Oh, no, no. As somebody who has attended and and ran many uh, midnight pre-releases, I sure the first handful were like exciting, but yeah, it. I had yeah, they were they were less than optimal. I had one good experience at midnight pre-release, just because. So normally I work Saturdays, so like doing the Friday mid, 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 the Friday midnight pre-release or the Saturday morning midnight pre-release, whichever, is kind of difficult yeah. and kind of involves not sleeping. But uh, I think it was the Rivals of Ixlan one. I uh, didn't have work the next day, and. Uh, instead of going to FNM, I went to see Sugar. <laughs> so I went to go see Sugar live with my friend. And then it, it was like, we got out at like half 11. We're like, should we just go and do a pre-release? Nice. So that's the only time I've ever enjoyed a pre-release because it was like a nice sort of like extended period of time. And I was kind of buzzing from, from seeing Sugar. Yeah. Amazing. That's Joe, do you yeah. like Sugar? Uh, I, I, I don't. I think they're, they're kind of one of those bands where like uh, I appreciate how how talented the the musicians in the band are but their songs just don't do anything for me you like like a band like i don't know like i think i think dream theater are probably like the, the big one for me like that like i really like couldn't care less about that band like you couldn't pay me to go and see dream theater oh but i am God. fully aware of like just how I'm, fantastic they are I as musicians s- i was so worried so the way that you were talking when you brought up dream theater I thought you liked Dream Theater, <laughs> and I was going to have to cancel this podcast immediately. No, I, I mean, I've got standards. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I really hope some of our listeners like Dream Theater. <laughs> um, this is not a Dream Theater podcast. Yeah, I, what I don't appreciate is the people that like Meshuggah. Sure, because they're just just like juggalos. typical metalheads. They're just—they're not juggalos. They're not as cool as juggalos. Oh, juggalos are my people. <laughs> <laughs> they are unfortunately your people. Um, yeah, fans. It's like Mushuka, like the only metal band I actually like. I spend most of my time listening to like Carly Rae Jepsen, <laughs> and then just I, anyway, anyway, massive tangent. Um, yes, midnight pre-releases are bad. They are bad. Well, yeah, they're they're suboptimal definitely, and I'm yes. I'm glad you can run them as as F and M's now because that's better mm-hmm. for just absolutely everybody. Yeah. Well, uh, so done. that one that I did at F and M was fantastic. Uh, I opened like a ridiculous pool. Uh, I had the Cavalier of Gusts, which is like the, the blue mythic Cavalier. 
uh, which like is it a six mana? It's like a six mana four five flyer or something ridiculous that like brainstorms when it enters the battlefield, and then when it dies, you shuffle it back into your library and scry two. Mm-hmm. It's just perfect. That card is like incredible. Uh, I got a foil copy of Atemses, the uh, the Sphinx. Nice. That was nice. Very nice. Uh, I didn't get to use the uh, the ability to to win the game as alternate win con, but like K three and tap it to draw two discard one was fantastic. Yeah, that is most of the the mode of that card, right? Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a fantastic card as well. Like really, really good on rate. Yeah, I did enjoy that at like you know seven o'clock on a Friday. Yeah, where you just have to open your pool and immediately send us a photo of your absurd bombs to the group chat just for sick brags. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did also have the uh, the dread presence as well. It's the the uh, the four mana three three that when you play a swamp you can like, draw a card and lose a life or deal two damage to any target and gain two. Yes, that card is obnoxious. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Uh, I didn't actually see it a lot, but whenever it came out, it was it was great. Uh, I, so it was interesting because obviously I was very aware that the card was in my deck. So I th- I think a lot of the times I was like holding lands when I think in the past I just wouldn't have. Which I'm still not sure whether that was right to do or not. Um, I mean, if it's not impeding the rest of your game, yeah. I think if you can still like play spells, I mean, not on curve, but like can kind of keep developing and and keep presenting some kind of threat or at least some kind of board advantage. I think it's fine to hold them. Yeah. Just to get the because like it, I mean because it also just shocks something. Well, Sorin's thirsts yeah. something, <laughs> which is which it's is very great. I think any, any target as well. It's amazing. Yeah, as long as you're not sandbagging lands to like not do anything and get run over by your opponent, I think that's fine. Oh yeah, no. And then yeah, the my promo in that deck was the uh, was flood of tears. So that's the nice. four blue blue for the sorcery who return all non-land permanents to their owner's hands. If you return four or more non-token permanents you control this way, you may put a permanent card from your hand onto the battlefield. That's um that's gonna be worth a lot of money when they eventually ban Cyclonic Rift and Commander. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a sweet card. I, I like. I've seen a couple of deck lists in standard playing it. Yeah. Where you uh, where you cheat omniscience into play, <laughs> and I'm a big I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I mean that sounds that sounds cute, but I don't know. It, it was great in sealed. Uh, yeah, I think like I had a ridiculously good pool. Uh, I ended up going three one for that uh, for that event. Nice. I, I don't I don't actually remember what I lost to now, but bad I cards. Think, yeah, it must must have. I mean, it must have been. Oh no, I remember exactly what I lost to now. Go on. Uh, yeah, yeah, I lost to my opponent in the first round who, uh, who had a Chandra Awakened Inferno. Yeah, you'll lose to that card. Yeah, I specifically lost to the the plus two make an emblem. Yeah, I, I remember. I did actually have two really good games against them. Um, like stabilized nice. Like they had a really good deck as well and stabilized nicely. And I was like, right, I just need to draw like one of my bombs and then that's it I'm going to win this and then they played a Chandra and plus two'd it and I was like well that's that <laughs> yeah that card's really stupid yeah it's ridiculous ridiculously good what? why is it a plus why is it a plus two it, yeah it's a plus two why plus two that's absurd yeah well, so yeah that was fun I uh, went 3-1 in that one uh, and then uh, ran it back the next morning um, for the, the Saturday morning pre-release mm-hmm. and kind of had like the opposite look of, of my pool it was uh i don't know like i don't want to say it was horrendous because i feel like i've had pools which contained worse cards just a mm-hmm. lot of the cards were kind of unplayable so sure. like uh four of my rares were ley lines or temples so i had like a ley line of anticipation which is like just just an unplayable card correct 
uh, Leyland of Combustion, which I don't think is so bad, but I didn't have like the rest of the red to like to make a, a decent red deck. It's still not what you want to open, right? If yeah. you're opening a red, if you're opening a red rare and sealed, you want it to be the dragon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> not, not not the melee. Yeah, it could have been the dragon, or it could have been like the rare Chandra, or even like Chandra's Regulator. Like, it could have just been anything. But mm-hmm. that was a that was a real shame. Uh, yeah. And then yeah, I opened a Temple of Silence and a Temple of Mystery. Nice, not even sharing a colour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't share a colour. Uh, in the end, I did I did play the Temple of Silence. I, I played a, a black-white deck, and I, I genuinely think it was the best deck that I could have made from the, the pool I had. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, yeah, I was just playing, like, a lot of commons. I think I played, like, two uncommons in the deck. Sweet. That's how you know you've made it. <laughs> yeah. So, I I mean, all, all of the games, like, I had some like really, really good games, uh, I mean, I did manage to win one round, so I went 1-4 was, was my record there. So I won my first round, and then after that, I had some games where, like, yeah, I, I would kind of, like, be ahead to begin with, and then my opponent would stabilise, and then that would just be kind of it, and then they'd play their bomb, and then there was just no bomb in my deck. So sure. just, I just couldn't get there, which, which was a shame, but I, I did lose two games to, like drawing my library and like not being able to draw a card because there weren't any left oh wow okay yeah i did what i could sure i mean so that's about four or five over the weekend yeah four or five of the weekend which is fine nice I, uh, that's fine yeah it's it yeah these things happen when they're they're sealed and it's a new set the uh the promo mm-hmm. card in that in there that one was um was graphic cage so i was very happy with that Ooh, sweet that's yeah. cool that's a nice one to hang on to. It was, yeah. One of the rares in that pool was drawn uh, drawn from Dreams as well. So I, I think I got some pretty cool cards all together. Hang on. So you're telling me that in your pool, five of your rares were unplayable Leyline, kind of playable Leyline, but definitely not in your colours, yeah. two lands, and a graft of this cage. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you won a game. Like, <laughs> that's, that's really bad luck. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen to someone though, right? Yeah, it might as well be you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you, like... You, I, you did well the previous day, so yeah, for sure. And like I said, I, I, did, I did the best I could. I, I just played like as many creatures that had like life link effects or like gained life, and then uh, things which like tried to exploit that. So I had like um, uh, what is it? The the vampire like when you uh, epic hero blood that's at the five mana one, five mana four four. Whenever you gain life, each opponent loses one life. Mm-hmm. So I managed to get that off nicely with the uh, the one white mana common that's like tough it to gain one life the soul mender Ooh, nice yeah so i had like some little sort of synergies there and like some instant life gain and i had a sanitarium skeleton like that card's just great at just chump block, blocking everything i mean the main question is something we discussed last week did you have fun i had a lot of fun yeah well that's that's the most important definitely. thing about pre-release definitely excellent and you got you know some value probably oh yeah somewhere along the line yeah so, yeah some value somewhere along the line and i made like a ridiculous trade as well um i traded a glinthorn buccaneer yep the so, two four haste right yeah so i had yeah. one of those in my in my my second pool um but i like again like that card that card's probably fine but the, the rest of my red was just terrible mm-hmm. uh traded one of those for a, a rotting register Ooh. it's like a stick six dollar card and like so that, that that's a six dollar card yeah yeah oh sweet i am um, it's I se- got... yeah it's seen like a decent amount of, amount of play because it's uh standard reanimator oh cool so i got um because i went through one fnm in modern and yeah. i got one of the new promo packs yeah yeah 
I was hoping to go 4 so I could get one of the foil promo packs, which have the uh, foil Japanese or art planeswalkers in them. Oh, oh nice. Oh, have you, have you got premium packs? No, yeah, we've got premium packs at the store. Oh, yeah. nice. But there was only one 4 player. Yeah. But I got well, I got one of the promo packs. Yeah, they um they just cracked one. They just cracked one of the yeah. premium packs, and it was a foil Japanese Ashiok. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so really cool. It was like, oh, that's $65. No, okay. Um, yeah, so I, I got a uh, Brighton Register in, in my pack, and I just thought, oh, that's junk. So yeah. it's worth money. Yeah, six dollars in Star City. Uh, nice. Whereas the uh, the Glinthorn Glinthorn uh, Buccaneer is uh, worth considerably less. It sounds like you shot someone, Joe. I didn't even. So the, <laughs> yeah, the Glint, Glinthorn Buccaneer is like forty nine cents on Star City, mm. and so the the guy I was playing against it was I think it was my opponent round one as well. So I beat him, and then um, yeah, he was like, "Oh, do you want to trade that Glinthorn Buccaneer away?" I was like, "Oh yeah, sure. I'll have a look, see what you opened." And I was like, uh, like uh, the only thing I'd be interested in is, is the Regisaur. Like not knowing like kind of what the price was, and I didn't know the price of mine, so I looked up the prices. And like, it, like while I was doing that, I was like, oh yeah, that's fine. And then I saw the prices and was like, do you not want something else? Like, do you want like throw-ins with this? Because this this Regisaur is like five dollars, six dollars. He's like, no, I'm not going to play it. It's fine. Wow. Okay. I was like, sure. I'll give you like a, I don't know, a couple of quid. No, fine, just take it. So, oh, okay. So that cool. was sick. That was really cool. I'm happy with yeah. that. Managed to oh, do nice. like a ridiculous trade and like genuinely didn't shock the guy. So uh, I mean, you tried. <laughs> That's the story I'm going to tell. Yeah. Sure. When someone asks about this, I'm going to be like, "No, Joe tried to treat cheat him. He tried to. He, he made he made five and a half dollars. I won't do that. I don't care. <laughs> fine, fine ants. Yeah. Fine, fine ants. Those are some fine ants. Yeah. But that uh, yeah, Rotten Register like is is seeing some play in like I mean I don't know if it's just going to be like arena standard and won't tra- won't translate into paper but mm-hmm. there's a yeah there's a reanimator deck that the card's good in like it plays a play set of those uh, and it plays um, the reanimator spell from War of the Spark and then just like a bunch of like uh, just expensive bombs oh cool okay uh, it plays like like Villas and uh, like Dracosef is really good in that deck like the the seven mana dragon that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, discard that on like turn whatever, and then yeah. So you you play your uh, you want to play your uh, your red your, your rotten regisaur, discard mm-hmm. that to the rotten regisaur, and then like turn four, bring it back and like swing for eleven. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's fine. I think it's it's like definitely beatable, but it's out there on the ladder if you if you're playing arena. Sure. Okay. Cool. But yeah, I had a load, load of fun. I think this core set is fantastic. I think the limited environment is a really good one. I really can't wait to draft it. And I, ju- I just think they've got corsets right. Like this is what a corset should look like. It it's, certainly feels like that. Like it, it feels like, like cards for for everywhere. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Like you've got uh, like maybe not eternal formats, but I think you know. I think you've got some well, yeah, for like, internal I mean, formats. Like it, definitely some like some sideboard cards and like the like the cycle of like spells that care about colors and like can't be counted. Like those yeah. things. I is think they're summers? definitely like eternal playable. <laughs> Summer's uh, Veil, Veil of Summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Veil of Summer is really cool. Uh, Fry seems pretty good as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and I think you've yeah. got like the right, you've got the right reprints for standard uh, yeah. stuff like, uh, like Duress and I don't, I don't know, Disfigure and yeah, like there are some like decent cards there for sure, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got like a bunch of like new cards for standard, which seem really cool. Yeah, uh, which could potentially lead to like new archetypes as well as strengthen the current ones. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like just the right reprints for like a performance as well. Like the ley lines yeah. are just amazing. Grafdigger's cage is fantastic. And yeah, I just think I just think it's great. Yeah, I'm still um, waiting for the 
the bottom of uh, Lane of the Void. Because yeah. it's, still, it's still relatively pricey, but I imagine once the box is actually gone on shelves, I'll, I'll probably be able to pick up for a reasonable price. Yeah, so that was kind of my my plan, was just to pick up as many as I could, because they're going to go back up again. Obviously, they uh, they, they were sat around, sort of, you could pick them up anywhere between sort of 8 to £12 pounds, um, on the weekend, but I think, given what happened today, they might even, uh, even stink down even further. What a sick segue. Yeah, still got it. Still got it. <laughs> so, yes, that leads us to the, I guess, the main topic. I guess so, yeah. Part of the main topic. There uh, has been a ban and restricted announcement today. Yes. And the thing that I really wanted to happen, happened. So it wasn't my exact pick um, in terms of modern bands. Yeah. This wasn't what I picked. I, I chose specifically. But um, Bridge From Below yeah. is, well, from... The twelfth of July or something or whenever is no longer legal in modern. It is no longer legal in modern. Correct. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so bridge from low in general is just like a card that shouldn't exist, right? Yeah. So because um, Mark it's, I mean, it's, it's from Future Sight, like yeah, yeah, like Mark Rosewall has gone on uh, gone on record describing why that card exists. Yeah. So, um, planeswalkers were meant to be in Future Sight. Yeah. Hence why Tom and Goyf mentions planeswalkers, but they weren't ready. Like they didn't have a good like a, a finished thing they could put in the set. Yeah. So apparently they asked possibly Mark Rosewater himself or someone to just design a card that's just a bad card they could just put in the set. So they designed a bridge from below. Um and I believe Mark Rosewater just hates that, that card he's playing. Yeah. Because it's it's not a card. It only functions from your graveyard. Um, and isn't like it doesn't play like a product. even for future site it's weird so that's finally banned yeah and um, all of that aside so the reason is this uh, Hogarth Bridgevine deck right yes that's 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 the reason it's been it's been banned because that's see because my my pick for for what should be banned from that deck because I, I, I yeah I I am very happy that this deck is the, the deck hasn't been banned but this iteration of the deck has been yeah. banned right like the Hogarth Bridgevine deck because I imagine some kind of Carrion Feeder, also to mention Hogark, Vengevine deck will exist. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there are still there are still ways to to cheat Hogark out fairly early. Yeah, yeah. But I I think my pick was the Ultra Dementia. Yeah, because it was just the way that the deck went nuts. It's like it's it was the engine and it was also the win condition. Yeah. Um, and I think that was my problem with it. Yeah. But Bridge Bridge Below just also allowed you to just make. A crap ton of zombies and just kill your opponent. Yeah, it, and that's the reason you could cast Hogark over and over and over again. And you know, it it definitely makes sense. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Ian Duke posted a, a really good sort of write up of, of why why the deck why I mean why the card was was banned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I, I think it's perfectly justified that they picked the the rich room below. Um, Absolutely. Although, like, I do suspect that there is a little bit of you know not wanting to ban cards that they've just put into modern from modern horizons as well i think a little bit of that does come into play it's it's definitely a consideration so like i honestly think bridge from below has been like on some kind of watch list for for a long period of time agreed um but it just hasn't done anything it hasn't done anything busted enough to um call for its ban uh until the printing of hogarth and and the the new model legality of ultra dementia Hmm. So, so are you saying that Hogarth Arisen Necropolis was designed to get Bridge from Below banned in modern? Ooh, that's a hot take. Yeah. Is your name Sally? I mean, it's it's either Sally or it's Fox Mulder, one of the two. 
um, I mean, probably not. I think yeah. that was just a mistake. They just designed a, <laughs> they just designed a cool card. Like, uh, also, I don't think Hogox a cool card. It's kind of just a cop out, like in terms of like flavor. Like, I think they could have made it a lot cooler. Um, like, it's just an avatar. Yeah. Like, it's meant to be like a risen, risen necropolis, right? Like a risen dead city. And yeah, it's just, for sure. And, I mean, it's, I guess, spoilers for anybody who may or may not have seen uh, Season 3 of Stranger Things yet, but Whoa, I'm getting some real Stranger Things vibe from this. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Don't do this to me. <laughs> That's my plan for after this podcast, goddammit. <laughs> I'm going to finally watch Season 3. I've just had to spend all day at work avoiding spoilers. Please don't. Well, when you see it, you'll think Hogak. Oh, God. <laughs> that was so... That was. So, I was shouting and you just carried on. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, but yeah, that, that is my some, my partner's currently out of town, so I'm just going to spend all evening after this podcast at about three in the morning just watching season three of Stranger Things. It's really Got good. It. It's good. really good. It's really good. Excellent. Yeah. Apparently, I'm going to cry, so I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, where was what was my point before I started yelling at you? <laughs> <laughs> that uh, yeah, Hogak's boring. Like it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's an it's an avatar. I mean, like, it kind of it kind of has to be though, right? Like it can't be like. A zombie, or I don't know, oh, some of a some of a problematic creature type. I don't know, but I think the thing with like, the specific design, like it having uh, delve and convoke and, and cast it from the graveyard, yeah. I think, and and like I think it's very much just a, a, a time spiral card. Yeah, yeah. We talked uh, like a few weeks ago about it just being time spiral too. Um, that's, that's just very much why this card exists because you just put two mechanics on a card that very much are kind of at odds with each other in terms of flavor. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it never prints together in standard. Um, so that I think it was just meant to be like a cool card that would maybe see some EDH play and stuff like that. Um, and I still, th- I still think Alter Dimension is the problem. Like, I still think Alter Dimension is, the, is was was the reason that card's good. Yeah. And I think it's the reason it will probably maintain um, its goodness. Jesus, why it will continue to to see play because I think just even if you're just doing it with if you're just casting it once stone or twice stone with like Vengevines and stuff like that. Um, I still think it's it's very very powerful with little dimension being able to mill yourself for eight and then whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was. I feel like it was just meant to be like a throwaway card. It was just cool, and it wasn't meant to be this good. Um, but yeah, I think your point of like not wanting to ban Modern Horizons cards is very reasonable. Yeah. I think gotta gotta that's... protect that bottom line, right? I mean, Ultra Dimension still would still command a price, right? Yeah. Because because when, when it was when it first spoiled, I'm not sure if I actually mentioned it in this podcast before. When it was when it was spoiled, I was like, oh, this won't do anything in modern, and I need one for an EDH deck. That's a cool reprint because it was getting up in price, and I just wanted one. Yeah. And then it's like going crazy in modern. Um, so I think I think like banning Ultra Dimension would have been fine because it would still have like a three or four euro pro- price tag and would continue to sit like when it was printed in Conspiracy like it went down in price like it went down to like a dollar and then before the reprint it was like ten dollars like it still commands a price it still entice people to buy packs or whatever yeah. so if you open that it's still fine um, but yeah not banning cards that you've just printed is probably a good idea and Bridge and Below being just an obnoxious not a magic card is um, probably is, is, is probably the, the fine sort of choice I guess yeah I think it's correct like uh, so so a lot of it was down to sort of the the overall win rate for the deck um, when you compare that to like the percentage of the meta that it was taking up on Magic Online as well so I think Ian Jig was, was, says that uh, on Magic Online it, the Hogak Bridgevine deck has earned over three times as many 5-0 league trophies as the deck with the next most Jesus Uh yeah, it has only two unfavorable matchups among the other ten most played decks, and a high win rate against lesser played rogue decks. Uh, especially telling is its game one win rate of roughly sixty six percent. 
requiring most decks to sideboard heavily against it. So I think you can you can see why they would they would want to sort of curb that. And I think I think all in all they they made the correct choice. Yeah, it was also just like it was leading to having to play, not having to play, but like it being in your best interest to play main deck, main deck graveyard hate. Yeah. In in like like blue white control was playing rest in peace and um, arclight phoenix was playing surgical extraction because you wanted a free split anyway and it was just good to dunk on the aggressive graveyard deck. Yeah. So it's like getting to a point where the format's just sort of nonsense. Yeah. Um, which I mean I felt for a while, but this was sort of like too far because it's it's felt for a time that modern so so modern was built for a long time as just sort of legacy light kind of thing like it was similar to legacy but you didn't have as many powerful things yeah um and i think what a lot of us were expecting with modern horizons was for it to put that more into into fruition right so like print force of will and it becomes legacy light without all the all yeah, the definitely. incredibly powerful cards but that is that hasn't been true in a long time um in terms of it being like legacy light being a version of legacy that's less powerful it's it just feels like often it feels more powerful than legacy yeah because you don't have the the force of will to sort of keep check of all these nonsense yeah, things that are happening your, your hogarks and your arc lights you don't um, have the have the fun police for want of a better term exactly which is why why decks like death and taxes and 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 maverick and like lands and loam are all viable yeah because you have the control decks or like the force of will decks at least keeping check of all the absolute nonsense so that you can play fair games yeah but that hasn't been true for a while i think modern is modern is basically crap vintage <laughs> it feels like it's trying to do what vintage is doing where you just have to like be playing mental missteps and like yeah. trying to just aggressively beat your opponent and do things as fast as possible than it is to legacy where you're like trading resources and trying to win the game over like 20 turns yeah just trying to get them dead and then your deck has to contain things like main deck rest in peace or main deck surgical extraction like which is feels a lot more similar to main deck mental misstep than it does to main deck forcible right yeah quite quite probably i think yeah i think think if you're comparing it to any other format i think that's probably the best one to compare it to but I think even then, it it's very much just its own beast. I think. I think to me, yeah, like much. to me, like modern magic feels more like Hearthstone than it does magic. Yeah, I'd agree. Like you, it's... you have you have your deck, you have your strategy, and now you have to do your thing as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And your opponent isn't really going to disrupt it because they're also just trying to do their thing as fast as possible yeah absolutely um which again is like I, I, it's well documented that that's why i don't enjoy the format yeah particularly um like i enjoy infect but in infect is good like it's very much just that can kill you on turn two or like regularly kills you on turn three especially if you're like playing an uninteractive format with stuff like hogark and Arclock phoenix and what have you but it's a, it's a deck that thrives with interaction and you get to play with like you get to play around your opponent's pathworks or fail pushes and stuff like that and, and have actual games that require like intricacies and like knowing how to play the deck against removal and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas when I'm when I'm playing it now, like when I'm taking it down to an FNM, I'm just, oh I killed you on turn three because you didn't kill me on your turn three. Um, which is how it currently exists. But yeah, it just feels like it, it it's it's just a drag race, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've felt that for, for quite a while. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess this could quite possibly just wander down in like a you know hashtag free twin route. But I think that's yeah. the thing I feel very passionately about. I think I've used this this metaphor before. Although like it's not really a metaphor, whatever. But uh, like modern 
modern as it is a drag race and Splinter Twin was the pace car. That's a metaphor. And a very yeah, good one at that. It's not a very good one because drag racing doesn't have pace cars. Oh, uh, okay. So it's like Formula One. So yeah, I guess it's, yeah, but Formula One isn't quite quite drag racing, is it? But it's you know. it's still fast. I mean I it, it makes sense. It might not be like technically correct or whatever, but I, I think you can kinda of get the gist of it, right? I mean, as an English literature graduate, sick rags. I have more interest in maintaining the integrity of the metaphor than I do with it being more accurate. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. That's fair. Um, it's, what it's are you doing with that degree, fast. by the way? Sorry? What are you doing with that degree, by the way? Correcting people's grammar. <laughs> <laughs> That's not... Uh, I, yeah, my degree's useless and I'm unemployable and I work a job that requires um, basically no education... <laughs> And I feel like a failure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm just on one tonight. <laughs> hey, man. You're right. Yeah, you earn more than me and you don't have a degree. We know that's yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sam, when you, when you go to uni, you should do something that, that you enjoy, something that you're good at and some, something that interests you so that you'll do it. And you won't have a job afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's goddamn useless. It's a, I mean, I enjoyed my degree. Um, I think I did quite well. Um, it's ruined all of Shakespeare for me. I have a personal vendetta against James Joyce, and now I work for Royal Man. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, that degree is done for me. I'm able to tell you that what you just said was a metaphor. Fantastic. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the best thing I've ever done with it. Sure. Thank, thank you for that. Yeah, I, I do. I do quite like that metaphor, although. It, like I say, it may be inaccurate. Uh, yeah, I think Split and Twin was was just just fantastic for the the format because yes, like like you know your KCI, your Hogax, your whatever, like it is this this inevitable win condition. But the fact that it was like it was hard capped at turn four mm. just meant like right, we know where the line is, we know where the bar is, we know what the pace is. Uh, we can either go under it to beat it or we can you know we can play fair cards we can you know play disruption we can we can sort of go around it to beat it and yeah i just i just miss having that you know that fun police in the format which i I just think makes everything a lot better yeah i think what the fun police um we've said before in modern is thought sees right yeah and that just feels so slow and so just it's just not impactful um it's like thought sees your Alter of dementia. Okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like thought sees your manamorphos. Okay, whatever. Like, it just doesn't. You're too late, and then they've drawn more cards, um, and you've taken two, which is very, very important. I don't know. Like, because of, like the banning of the banning of bridge from below, and and therefore the the sort of depowering of of the Hogak bridge vine deck is is certainly good and yeah. what the format needed. But that doesn't solve any of the problems because we were still in the position before Modern Horizons was released. We still have an ultra fast two ships passing in the note format. Yeah, for sure. And, like, there's still a lot that needs to be done to solve it. And I don't think that's twin. Um, Yeah, I I feel like it... I don't know. Which, I mean, I want to qualify that. Like, I don't mean, like, twin would be too good. I mean, twin wouldn't be good enough, is my my feeling on it. I think think twin would just... would be just right, because you, you do have that, you know, undeniable the fact that twin would warp the meta, but... I don't think that's a bad thing if it if it leads to an like a more enjoyable 
game that is just you know far less variance and look based so i mean this i don't know this is the thing it's like modern is praised as being a wide open format where you can play wherever you want but you you can't it's just a lot of decks that function on a very similar axis that are very linear decks that are sort of beating you in a very similar way there's just a lot of different versions right yeah um you just have a lot of like sort of incredibly aggressive aggro decks or combo decks and that's that's basically how the format functions it's just it looks different in title like when you go through the 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 5-0 decklist dump on mtg goldfish yeah. it looks very diverse but the decks are all doing like functioning on a very similar axis they do the same thing so like having twin in the format and like the format warping around that like warping around a fair deck that happens to have a turn four combo win I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, yeah. Whereas warping around like a turn two graveyard nonsense deck is certainly not a place you want to be. It's, yeah, like, it's, not, it's, not, it's not fun. Like, So when you lost a twin, you lost to not having removal or you lost to a man leak. And that feels a lot better than losing to just not having main deck graveyard hate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, uh, I mean, do you have any have any more thoughts specifically on this, this bit before we move on to a slightly similar topic? Uh, yeah, I'm just... I mean, I don't really play modern so i don't have a horse in the race really but mm-hmm. from from an, like a perspective of, of an observer like I, I just think it's a great move and i'll be interested to see how the format sort of shifts going forward yeah absolutely i think it'll just go to back to how it was really yeah i think so um, i think phoenix comes back a bit more but i think now that like nasa is a card then like phoenix becomes a little bit you know a little little less of a problem really yeah, and I think like this sort of gives Modern Horizons, not that it hasn't been impactful in the format, but I think this gives Modern Horizons more of a time to shine in its entirety rather than just, oh my god, Hogarth is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, that being said, move on slightly. Do you think Modern Horizons as a set is good for Modern? Hmm. It's I, a big question. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, yeah, so I... I think it's a, I think it's a tough one. So I, I think that it might not be. I think when, obviously, when they, when they announced it, and we had this idea of like what we thought it would be. I think something like that would have been good for the format. I think, but I don't know if, if what we got is necessarily good for the format. I think it's, it definitely has, has had some interesting cards and like potential, like interesting, like like archetypes or, or strategies have come from that but i don't know if that's what modern needed to to get better as such sure so so i think when we recorded that episode when we were like talking about what what we would want in modern in a modern horizons style set so we said like stuff like uh historic and days and stuff like that right yeah and like forcible i think that was just kind of two idiots talking about magic cards they wanted to play with right i think that was that was sort of where we were coming from it's like okay we don't actually know about game design we're probably not the best to put cards into a format but i think that we had like a general feel of what we wanted yeah and what we would think would be good so what we, what we got was nothing like that right basically so i think the answer to the question is modern horizons good for modern is legitimately simultaneously yes and no yeah and i will try to explain that in the best i can <laughs> um so I think in terms of gameplay, in terms of decks, in terms of additions to decks, um, adding new exciting cards for the format that are very much playable and fast becoming staples, but not warping the fo- This is all, <clears throat> excuse me, this is all after the Bridge and Below ban, right? Like, yeah, yeah. After Hogarth, we assume it's not going to be as oppressive as it has been thus far. I think outside of that, it has been very good. It is, it is like I said, like added cards to the format, so you've, you've got stuff like giver of runes making itself known you've got force of negation obviously being like an actual role player even though i said it was terrible um you've got 
you know prismatic vista and the snowlands like ice fan quarter like making making things happen and like putting up results in terms of five o's at least yeah um you know our area of flame being a card so in terms of like adding cards to the format and like changing decks or potentially adding new decks to the format it's very much a good thing i think it's been good for my it's been the most exciting thing for modern i think since i've played since war of the spark yeah (laughs) that's 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 something i'm going to come to as well um (laughs) at least those pre-releases were at least a little bit further apart yeah true (laughs) um so i think it's been it's been the biggest increase in terms of playable cards from a set ever right yeah, it's quite probably. It's, it's, it's just, and that's what they wanted. It was a Modern Horizon set. Um, so in, in that respect, it's very, very good. And I think, yes, it's been good for the format. But I think the no side to that is based pretty much around the price point. Yeah. Around how much it costs to put these cards in your deck. Um, because when the cards when the cards were on pre-order, like I know I, I pre-ordered some cards from, from sellers on Magic Card Market, the prices were all up in the air, and I just sort of, when I was buying the cards, I thought, that seems like a reasonable price for that card, I'm definitely going to play, sure I'll buy it. The prices have fluctuated massively since then, some of my purchases have been good, some of them have been terrible, um, but with just seeing the cards continue to rise and rise and rise and rise in price, yeah. And it's putting what is already an expensive format, uh, already in a format that is difficult to get into if you don't already have the cards, le- less and less attainable, right, in terms of prices. Yeah, for sure. In terms of if you're like, oh, that deck's cool, now I need to buy a playset of Giver of Runes, yeah. which on pre-order were €2.50 Euros 50 each, and, and, and now they're €10, Euros, right? Yeah. So you've got to you've got to pay for those. This also extends to War of the Spark, where like you just sort of have to have some Narsets and the Fairies, which are like very expensive cards as well. Like the Fairy continues to go up in price, um, continues to be a very expensive Magic card. But stuff like Force of Negation is absurdly priced now. Um, Giver of Runes, like I said, Aria of Flame, which was a bulk rare yeah. for the first week, and it's now like a twenty dollar card or, or something close to that. Um, even things that are sort of fringe playable um, in modern, specifically like Renin Six. It's now sixty dollars out of stock on SCG, but mainly because of Legacy. But if you want to play that card, it, it, it commands an incredibly high price. And it's just it's it's cards like that being that expensive that just added an extra fifty, hundred, hundred and fifty dollars onto a format that was already expensive. Yeah, and it's starting to make it sort of to a point where it's prohibitive. And especially since so it's a print to demand set, right? Yeah. So if there's demand for it, we'll print more. But people don't really want to draft it that much because it's uh, an expensive set to draft you're looking at probably about 25 pounds for a draft yeah at least like if you want to have with like with prize support you're looking at at least that that's an expensive card to draft so that, that's where the demand comes the, the demand depends almost solely on draft right like where the yeah. stores should buy the boxes to draft so the demand isn't there so this is very much looking like a limited print run in that sense like it wasn't marketed as a limited print run set but it's become a limited print run set because the demand isn't there so they're not printing much more yeah at the at time of recording i mean maybe there's a massive boom next week and all i've said is is um no longer relevant but it it just it's because of that because of the expensive price point because not more much more, much more is being reprinted the prices are going up and up and up and, and there are there are cool new decks like the the monastery mental unearth deck right yeah it's but that's, caused a, that. but that's caused a massive spike in the price of Monastery Mentor, uh, because if you pay a Monastery Mentor for one mana <laughs> from your graveyard with an Earth, it's a lot better than paying three for a Monastery Mentor and then saying go to your opponent. So, that, so it's now a $50 card, I believe, and like going going into it, it was like 18 Yeah. 
so stuff like that. Just the prices keep going, going up and going up and going up, and and that's certainly not good for the format. It's not good for players of the format. It's not good for, if you want to keep, um, like keep in touch with the format and, and keep up to date with the decks. So I, I think from that point of view, it's been quite bad for the format and been bad for players specifically of the format yeah. if they want to keep keep up to date. Um, which is a shame. It's just a shame. It's a, it's a sweet set. It's added a lot to the format. It's um, been really interesting to see all the brews and see what these people are playing and seeing all the five olas with new sweet cards. But just like it's just really expensive. Yeah, and I th- definitely. I think that's the that is is the problem, isn't it? Like so, instead of like cards building up and like slowly adding new cards, and then like a card is printed in a standard set that makes a card that was printed in a standard set three years ago now playable in modern. Things like like that, like that slowly push prices up and you can accumulate cards and you can have this card because it might be good in modern one day. You're just suddenly like, okay, these these 40 cards are now very good in modern and you need to own them if you want to play modern. Yeah, And that's just setting such a huge price tag on a format that was already expensive. So I think that's, I, I think that's a real shame. And I, I think that's why I think it's good for the format in terms of like just watching games of Magic played and seeing results. But in terms of like people having to go out and buy crap loads of new cards is, is very, very bad. Yeah, for sure. It's, it, you've, just, you've just created a load of new staples, right? Yeah, it, it just would have been so much better if they'd been... You know, your standard booster price. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, I mean, the price of Teferi is quite expensive, but it's certainly less than something like Renin Six or something like Force of Negation. Yeah, definitely. Which is seeing play to about the same extent, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that's that's Modern Horizons is great, but also crap. <laughs> <laughs> I think is I think is my my sort of like bullet point there. Sure. It's a shame. It's a real shame. It is. Yeah. It, it is. Like, I I I love the set. Uh, I I love what little that I've played of, of the limited environment, but. I I just don't want to be dumping any money into that, unfortunately. Yeah, that's that's another thing as well. Like with like I said, with the demand, it's like cool. I did a couple of drafts. Uh, we were able to run them because of the person that bought boxes to our LGS at nineteen pounds a go with standard price support. Yeah, which is it's really good. But for most people, if they're running them through the actual store, through the store stock, are going to be twenty five thirty pounds. Yeah, um, and that's just so expensive to be spending like in a certain amount of time and obviously one of the other things that's affecting this price effect, affecting the demand is the fact that core 20 is out now <laughs> yeah. and you'll be drafting that instead so you're like do you want to do this new format that you've not played before for I don't know £15 or whatever your standard booster draft is or do you want to do this format that you've done before and is also £25-30 people are just going to draft a new set right like yeah. generally it's called case or whatever but that, that's going to be the thing and that, that also drives down demand for modern horizons and i think that's another thing that wizards have done wrong in putting all this stuff out and you're just constantly we, when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago just constantly having new things to focus on new things to care about they're just going to suddenly well not suddenly but over a period of time just make these cards so expensive that you have to invest in them yeah rather than just just straight up buying them it's like it's like buying a place of liliana's but it's pretty much like there's like three or four cards in Modern Horizons where it's it's like buying a place that really honest at this point, which is already absurd. It is. It's not great, is it? No, that's that's my opinion. It's not great. <laughs> so I guess what we're saying is buy your buy your cards now because um, these buy, them, uh, buy the singles that you need. Buy them right now. They're only going to go up. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing because like I've seen people buying on the trade group Giver of Runes at like nine pounds ago, and I just pre-ordered a set on a whim because I wanted to own them for three euros fifty each. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, and like nine pounds ago seems fine because you know, four weeks time they'll be fifteen pounds. Exactly, exactly, and it's just going to keep going. So, like, if there's a card that you want to get or something that you're interested in playing, and like, 
it's pr- if you can afford it, and you know that's 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 certainly a consideration. Like it's probably a good time to buy, honestly. Yeah, agreed. I mean, we're not Brimstone Brewery, but that's probably a reasonable take to have, right? Yeah, I think so. Like a hundred percent. If like uh, if you're looking to pick pick some cards up, like do it now. The, the you know, my, my big pick would be Sarah the Benevolent. Like it's a mythic mm. from a, a set that is going to disappear fairly quickly and uh, costs about a fiver. Yeah, if you just want to own a Sarah, or maybe you want to make like, maybe you want to make ten quid over the next six months, just buy a Sarah. Yeah, I, I think good. my 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 pick is just pick up as many Horizon lands or Canopy lands, whatever you want to call them, yeah. as quickly as possible. Just just buy them because they will be expensive because they are staples. Yeah. And the fact that they're currently like eight to twelve pounds each is incredibly low for a, for a card that for cards that are objectively better than Horizon Canopy, which is reach the reach the price it has. Yeah. Um, and the comparison of Future Sight to Modern Horizons in terms of print run and in terms of availability is probably fairly comparable, fairly reasonable in terms of card quad, card availability in say two or three years time. Yeah, agreed. So if, so if you're like, oh, I might play Nurturing Peatland, just buy them. <laughs> sure. I think it's I think it's my plan. So how's that MTG finance for your <laughs> for you there, then? Fine uh, there's some finance. Yeah. Um right. I mean people don't come here for MTG finance, so if we're wrong it won't matter. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, so um, speaking of modern horizons. Go on. I believe we were uh, running a competition. Oh, we were indeed. Yeah. So you don't you don't have to buy a modern horizons cards, we'll just give them to we'll you. Just give them to you for free, yeah. We're good like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to do more competitions for what it's worth. Yeah, me too. This, this is this has been fun. So um, we had a competition. Name the best combination of two creature types that a changeling could possibly be, or the funniest at least. Right? So we've had we've had we've had a lot of entries. I've, I've had a few that I've enjoyed just looking at while we've been running the competition. Yeah. Um, but the, the winner of the competition is someone that commented uh, the creature type cat carrier. Yeah. I'm a big big fan of that because I like carrying cats and it's a fun appropriation of carrier, which is meant to be like plague carrier, right? That kind of thing. That's that's the thing. Yeah. So carrier is a is a creature type that was originally unique to Urza's legacy. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a bunch of Phyrexian cards it appeared on. Yeah, so like, like carriers. Phyrexian of the... Defiler, Phyrexian mm-hmm. Plague Lord, Phyrexian Debaser. Uh, but we've made that a lot better by putting it in the context of carrying a cat. Yeah. Which is a lot better than carrying like a Phyrexian Plague, right? Oh, absolutely. So uh, the winner of that is a uh, uh, Twitter user Secure the Pizza. Nice. Which is a, <laughs> yeah, a handle that I like. Um, so if you want to DM us uh, on Twitter and send us your details, we will send you your playset of Unsort of Maria and Cop- Mariner and copy of More of the Vamas. Yeah, congratulations. Congratulations, yeah. And uh, thank you to everyone that's entered. I've had a lot of fun reading. Uh, reading a lot of these ridiculous creature types yeah same it's been good fun awesome so that is pretty much all we have time for this week uh, if you want to get in touch with us uh, you can get in touch with us on social media that is on twitter we are at hrefdcast uh, facebook.com slash hrefdcast uh, if you want to come at us with your hot takes on the modern bannings like do you think do you think Hogak was fine um, I mean if you do you're like definitely wrong wait Hogak is fine it didn't get banned that is yeah yeah sure sure <laughs> Uh, do you do you think uh, the bridge from below was was wrong and that Hogak itself should have been banned? Should it have been altered dimension? Should it have been faithless looting that somehow has managed to dodge yet another banning? Oh my god, we should have talked about that, shouldn't we? <laughs> no, faithless looting's fine. Shut up. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, do you believe that Splint Twin should be unbanned uh, as you know it rightfully should be? Come at us your opinions on Twitter, like I said, hrfdcast, facebook.com slash hrfdcast. 
Uh, or we also have a Patreon. Uh, if you want to give anything back, um, we don't really do this for for any kind of reward or monetary gain or whatever. But it, you know, anything we do get back is greatly appreciated, and it goes straight into uh, helping the podcast continue to be what it is. Uh, whether that going to to hosting or upgrading equipment or uh, you know being able to do other cool things like like contests and giveaways and yeah we we want to give something back and especially to those that want to give back to us. Uh, Joe, I do this for the clout and nothing but the clout. Sure, sure. All yeah, that's 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 all I live for. <laughs> Awesome. If you want to hit me up on my personal social media, you can get me on Twitter at PeachGardenOaf. That is Oaf with an F. On Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. You'll find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. Yeah, come say hi. It'll be fun. Uh, you, you can find me on Twitter at Snail69. Nice. With all of the political hot takes. And uh, this week I've not actually been in, involved in any Facebook uh, magic drama. Sweet. So maybe you, you won't find me there this week. <laughs> awesome. So once again, that is all we have time for this week. We are approaching the second hour. The God of Error has returned. We'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation. 